We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to another episode of Off the Carousel here on the Field of 68, and I am thrilled to be joined today by the newest head coach in the ACC, none other than Notre Dame's Micah Shrewsbury. Micah, appreciate you being here, man. How you doing? I'm doing great, Rob. Thanks for having me. So you are the first new coach at Notre Dame since basically Y2K was a thing. What is it? Uh, what's it like stepping into a program where you're filling the shoes of a guy that was just so synonymous with what that team and what that basketball program was? Yeah, it it's interesting that it's um, you know, it's called off the carousel because yeah. like I still feel like I'm on the carousel and things <laughs> are still spinning really fast. So, uh, but trying to like figure everything out, um, knowing that you know there's big shoes to fill, like. Coach Bray was was such a like he was such a fixture of Notre Dame and I think synonymous with this place. Um, you know, obviously since since I've been coaching, right? I started coaching in 1999. Um, you know, he's been a part of this place and a part of this program. So trying to fill his shoes as a coach, uh, but as a personality and as a person, right? He was such a lovable, lovable person that uh you want to bring those same kind of qualities uh, to the table. So does this mean that you're going to be taking your shirt off on uh, on broadcast as much as he did, or can we kind of make that be a thing of the past at Notre Dame? That's probably going to be a thing of the past. The uh, I don't think anybody wants to see me with my shirt off. <laughs> All right, so uh, you are an Indiana guy through and through. Uh, you grew up in Indiana. You played college basketball in Indiana. You coached at Purdue. You coached at Butler. You coached at a bunch of the D3 programs, which, by the way, love that you're a D3 guy. I played at a, a D3 school in New York. Love those guys. Um, what do you have to do to be able to get Notre Dame back to being like, I, I don't know if like the uh, the prominent team is the right way to phrase it, but you know, how, how do you get them back to being in that same conversation, Indiana, Purdue, Notre Dame, NCAA tournaments? I think being a part of it, um, you know, first we have to get back to recruiting our state and letting that be a huge part of it. I, I think there are, there are good players here. I think there are good fits for Notre Dame that are here in this state. Um, so we're going to hit the ground running and trying to get those guys and find those guys um, and, and try and get them here. But I think winning, 
like it is a big part of that and and what we do like we're going to have a, a presence in our state just because of myself and some other staff members that are from here mm-hmm. um but then like we got to get back to winning we, we got to do it at a high level and um doing it when you know when you do it with some indiana kids that also makes it a little bit more attractive so there's a great history here and that's one thing that that gets overlooked is Notre Dame's got a great history of basketball. Now we want to get that back to that history, but also sustain that history for a long time. Are, are we calling Braden to see an Indiana kid? I don't know what Braden is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he knows. I, I think next year, the biggest question uh, of of the day will be, hey, like where are you going to be from, right? He's, he's <laughs> lived in he's lived in State College. He's lived in West Lafayette twice. He's lived in Indianapolis. He's lived in Boston. He was born in Huntington, West Virginia. Like, I don't know where he's from. So uh, he's going to be like the old – like, I'm a big wrestling guy, Rob, big old-school wrestling guy. When they announce Braden's name, I would love it if they put from parts unknown. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, that'd be awesome. Um, All right. So I mentioned you played division three basketball, right? Your son is going to be an ACC basketball player. Uh, How, how is he so much better than you were? (laughs) I mean, (laughs) like I love the game. I didn't work on my game as much as he's worked on his game. He probably works on his game more in the day than I did in my entire career. Um, so that part, like, you know, he really wants it. He really wanted to be a good player. He's made himself a good player. I think during my six years in the NBA, he got to see some of the best of the best up close and possible and what it took for them to get there with their work ethic, with their drive. And he's kind of mimicked that a little bit. And so he, you know, the drive of a guy like Isaiah Thomas or a, Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum or an Al Horford with how he takes mm-hmm. care of himself and does everything. He's grown up watching those guys. And now he's just really taking it to a new whole new level. Is this going to be the first chance that you have to, to really coach him? Were you able to coach any of like his, his younger teams, his youth teams growing up? I've never coached him. I never coached him. Like we, you know, we've worked out, you know, a lot when he was younger and, uh, once he got to a certain point, I just kind of went hands off and let a lot of other people kind of take over and um, do a bunch of stuff with him. And like, we'll watch film together, but I didn't want to coach him. I, I wanted his coaches to not have to feel like they're look, you know, look mm-hmm. over the shoulder to worry about what I'm doing. So he's had some good coaches and um, that's been really good is, is his growth and development you know, has been helped and aided by a lot of people. So I, I remember having a conversation about, uh, I can't remember who it was with, but it was, uh, it was talking with about Doug McDermott playing for Greg McDermott. And the guy said, it's very easy to coach your son when he is either the best player on the team or the worst player on the team. And once you get to something in between, uh, it can kind of get a little bit complicated. Have you gotten advice from anybody about how to maybe what, the politics of it is the wrong word, but to, to handle the dynamics of a locker room and dynamics of a team when you have your son on the roster. Yeah. I, you know, I, I've talked to a bunch of coaches about it and, you know, being in the big 10, Fran McCaffrey was a great resource uh, 
mm-hmm. and, and talking about his experiences with his sons. Um, but I've, I called a bunch of people as, as we were kind of going through this and trying to navigate it and figure it out. I, I think, you know, for me, I think it's pretty easy. Uh, for him, it's probably a lot harder uh, because he's in the locker room on a daily basis. And, you know, whether he was my son or not, dad's not, you know, maybe not always the the easiest guy to play. Maybe a little way we're like, ah, coach sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah my dad. <laughs> there is some of that, right? Like, so navigating that, but I think who he is um, as a teammate, I think he's earned the respect of, of each of those guys and earned their trust is probably the biggest thing where, mm-hmm. you know, it's not a thing where he's going to be running and telling everything that goes on in there. Like, you know, we got a bunch of guys that will police our locker room, older guys that are going to carry our culture um, where he doesn't feel like he has to do it. Now he can just be a part of that team, be a part of that culture. He's probably leading the charge talking about dad sucks. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So you, you mentioned it earlier. You spent six years in the NBA. You were with the Celtics. You went there with uh, Brad Stevens when he got the job. Um, it's not that often that you see guys that get to the NBA come back to the college ranks for a lot of different reasons. Uh, why did you make the decision to to come back? Because you were with the Celtics and you ended up taking a, uh, another, I think it was back to, uh, no, it was back to Purdue, right? When you came back? Yeah, I came back to Purdue. Um, I always wanted to be a college coach. You know, from, from the time I started, I wanted to coach in college. There was never like these dreams of getting to the NBA, right? The NBA happened because you know brad stevens happened and i get an opportunity to go with him it was the best thing for me like i grew so much as a coach and learned so much while i was there but once i got to year four year five you know i was ready to come back i think our our job was almost close to complete in terms of we were on good footing um we had good teams we were building it and growing it the way we needed to. Like I didn't need to be there any longer. I could go back to kind of chasing my dreams. So, um, you know, and luckily coach painter, you know, had, had a job opening at, at the time when I was leaving. So uh, it worked out great. Um, and now I'm, I'm kind of back, you know, and even though like there's a lot going on with college basketball, like there's a lot of changes. There's a lot of things happening that, some people are just like, you know, pulling their hair out every single day. But like, I embrace that. Um, this is where I've always wanted to be. And now I'm at a job where, uh, you know, I have a little bit of a platform to try and see what I can do and do my part to to help make positive changes for college basketball. So I got to ask you how you found out that uh, that Brad was heading to the NBA, because I remember exactly where I was when it happened. It was July 3rd. I was getting ready for a July 4th party the next day. I think it was at about 6.15 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. So I was, I'm not going to lie, like three or four beers deep at that point. You know, it's July 4th. You got to get ready for it. And uh, I start seeing the barrage of tweets that Brad Stevens is leaving for the Celtics job, uh, which means you had to kind of, you know, get that cup of coffee and figure out, all right, how am I going to write something about this? Where, where were you when you found out about it? And did you uh, did you know beforehand? I did not know before. Um, but I was, I was actually out of town. I was driving back to the airport. I had a flight, um, that night and I'm driving and I'm on the highway and my phone is just going nuts. 
So I'm looking at it and I, I like pick it up and it's like, wow, this is unbelievable. Did you know this? Are you going with them? And I'm like, I have no idea what anybody's talking about. <laughs> so I pull over on the highway. I pull over to the side of the road and uh, I, I saw it on Twitter and I was like, holy smokes, this is crazy. Like it's the Boston Celtics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, which is great. Like, you know, I went, flew home, got home like late that night. I fired off a text to him just because, you know, when, when things like that happen, like those texts are going to get lost somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, but late that night, fired off a text and then he hit me back like super early in the morning. And, uh, you know, that, that was kind of on from there. Our partner for today's episode is Athletic Greens. I started taking AG1 during the college basketball season, and I loved the impact that it had on my energy levels. I'm a big coffee in the morning guy, but by the time that the afternoon would hit, I needed another boost. AG1 helped me tremendously, especially on those days when I didn't want to get up off the couch and go hit the gym. Their tagline is, AG1 is comprehensive health and the power of habit in one, and man, that could not be more true it's nearly impossible to eat and drink in a healthy manner in the month of february and the month of march when you are in my business and ag1 was exactly the supplement that i needed to improve my gut health and cover my nutritional basis for the day i've continued that into april i've continued that into may and i'm going to continue that the rest of the summer all i have to do is mix a scoop of ag1 with some water or maybe add it into a smoothie and i'm ready to go do it after lunch and you'll be ready to go for the rest of the day if a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine then athletic greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin d and five free travel packs with your first purchase go to athleticgreens.com backslash field six eight that's field six eight f-i-e-l-d the number six the number eight and you can get yours now so check it out and help support this show thanks We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Right. Uh, you worked with Jason Tatum up there. When you guys when you guys got Tatum into the organization, did you realize that he could become what he is right now, which I would say is a top, what, like six to eight player in the NBA at minimum? I mean, when he gets going, I don't know if there's anybody that, that that's as fun to watch as a score than Jason Tatum. When did you realize that he had a chance to be what he is right now? You know, it, it was – it's interesting because the summer that we got him, um, we had Kyrie and Gordon. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that kind of changed the dynamic of everything. Like, you know, I remember going to St. Louis and and being in uh, being in his dad's gym and, and working out with him and getting shots up and talking about the offense and things like that. And, like, there's, like, a little bit of, like, man, how much will I get to play, right? Jalen Brown didn't get to play a lot as a rookie his first year, and now we're drafting, you know, a guy right behind him with a team that's already pretty good. Um, You knew he was good. He was skilled. He was confident. Like, he had a belief in himself that, like, hey, I can be one of the best players on our team. Um, And then – like things happen, right? Injuries happen. And now he gets thrust into a huge role. And you saw what he could do as a rookie, even when he wasn't um, like as physically dominant as he is now, right? He was doing really good things, but you were like, once strength comes, man, he's going to be on a different level. Now, like what he's doing right now, he's he's one of the best, humbly, He's one of the best players on the <laughs> planet. Um, that was a great I, line, man. Yeah, that was I, an unbelievable like, line. I, I believe him. Like, I r- truly believe him because he is. He's one of the best players in the world. Um, but you always could see it. You just didn't know. Um, and then his drive, his work ethic has taken his game to a totally different level. Yeah, I mean, you can see that, I think, more than anything else in just the way that his body developed. You know, he he looks like a wrestler now. He was a skinny kid when he came. I remember watching him at, at Peach Jam and what would that would have been like 2015. And like he was he was a twig. And now you look at him and he's just all muscle and all shoulders. And he's he is an enormous man now. Shout out my man Nick Sang, who's mm-hmm. done a great job with him. Um, and you know, he's putting in a lot of work. Like like Jason's done the work, uh, but he's bought into what he needs to do to be great. And um, now it's really starting to add up. So you spent uh, a good decade and a half working with Brad Stevens and Matt Painter, who for my money are two of the best coaches uh, when it comes to building a program, um, developing a program, developing a culture and, and turning that into a great basketball team. Uh, what have you taken from them and what have you used to kind of incorporate that into the way that you run your own programs? I think the best thing is um, who they are as people, 
right? They're unbelievable coaches, but working for them, uh, they give you a lot of freedom to, you know, grow and make mistakes. Um, but they're also there to help you and a lot. They give you a lot to learn. And mm-hmm. I think if you would watch our teams play, I think from a basketball side, we're probably closer to Brad's teams and how we play offensively and defensively. Uh, a lot of our philosophies are very similar to Coach Painter and the the program building, the roster building, how he recruits and does things. I've taken a lot of those things from him. Um, So our teams last year, like we were one of the best teams and not turning the ball over uh, at Penn State last year. Those are like concepts that he talks about all the time, right? Winning the possession battle and how you do it. You know, his teams dominated on the glass. We did it by not turning the ball over but we're trying to get to the same result. And, you know, so you see some different things. Stylistically, I think I'm closer to Brad. Um, roster building, like how you win games, I'm, I'm probably coach, closer to, to Coach Paint. And, um, you know, to have those two guys that you can call at any moment in time to just pick their brain on anything is uh, I'm at a distinct advantage. I'm glad you didn't say that stylistically you're like uh, Matt Painter because he always has has teams with a seven foot four monster and you guys basically played like a six foot four point guard kind of as your center last year, Jalen Pickett. It, it was um, one of the more innovative and unique and uh, frankly fun offenses to watch last season, the way that you guys played. How much of that was uh, you saying this is what I want to do versus you getting these pieces and being like, hey, you know what? This might actually be able to work. Yeah, like the skill part of it, how we built our roster, like the guys we put around him. Um, mm-hmm. He was like our seven foot four monster, right? Like you had the game plan for him. Um, and he created so much attention, we were able to play off of him. So I think you, you really like stylistically, we're just trying to find out what our best players do best. And then let them do that. I don't think there's any kind of system that I'm kind of married to, right? That's where I think, you know, coming from the NBA, I'm a little bit different. Like we're gonna, we're gonna change up. We might do some stuff in one game, and you might not see it again for like two or three games, right? Because mm-hmm. we're gonna change up what we do. We're gonna be different. We're gonna be unique. Um, we want to be a hard team to prepare for. And then, just like in the NBA, we hunt matchups, and we're gonna find our way to try and get you like in a bad way and then play from there. Um, so getting to those guys, finding out what that is, and then we'll play that way. So I don't know what it is yet. As soon as I get a roster, I'll let you know. <laughs> um, it, it's to me, that is something that I think comes from painter. That's, that's what I normally associate with Matt. And, and the reason I say that is I think back to the 2019 team, where all he had was like Carson Edwards and Ryan Klein just running off of all these different, um, you know, floppy actions and zoom actions and coming off of double screens and dribble handoffs. And let's just find a way to get these guys to run into a three. Right. And then you look at teams when he has Isaac Haas or he has Zach Eady, the way those teams play that, that reminds me a lot of, of Matt Painter. It's just like, okay, how can we accentuate the skill set of our best players? Yeah. You just adapt. And adjust to what your best players do. And, 
you know, you don't kind of put people in a box of like, hey, this is what our point guards do. This is what our twos, our threes do. Um, you get really good players that fit together, that make each other better. And then it's my job to come up with a system to utilize those guys in the best way. And I think it's fun. I think it's fun for our guys, um, you know, how we played. Like, you know, we really spaced the floor. We really shared it. We shot a boatload of threes, um, but guys were also able to attack off the dribble and get by people in uh, closeout situations. So uh, we won't have a lot of fun on offense, right? Why shouldn't you have fun when you're playing offense? So last thing I got for you, you're heading to the ACC. It's going to be your first year uh, coaching in the ACC out of all the years that you've been a coach. Um, where do you – most excited about what are you looking forward to the most i mean this is going to be a new experience for you and you know you're going to get the cameron indoor uh stadium experience you're going to get the dean dome experience you're going to get to go play at syracuse like there's the acc is a fun basketball that that probably for me is what i'm looking forward to the most like a lot of those places i've never been so uh, it's going to be a cool environment right cool moment to walk in and then like all right this is pretty cool now I got to snap into it and like get our guys ready to play. Um, you know, in the two years at, at Penn state, I didn't have a lot of success against the ACC. So we lost to Miami in the challenge at home in, in a close game two years ago, we lost to Vitek and uh, Clemson this year in two more close games. So like, I'm just looking forward to getting a win against one of these <laughs> ACC teams. <laughs> Well, listen, Micah, it's been a pleasure uh, getting the chance to talk with you. Um, you know, I, I'm glad that I, I was able to find out that you're a Division three guy because, you know, us D3 guys, we got to stick together, man. Appreciate you being here on Off the Carousel. Always good to catch up. Yeah, thanks, Rob. Thanks for having me. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.